Senators, Senators, I understand you do not want another emperor, but it seems you have been given one. I sympathize with you. I do not want to be an emperor, but it seems I have been chosen one. Perhaps you would take a little moment to sympathize with me. Welcome back to the life of Claudius Raymano. How are you today? Doing okay. I am just super excited to be here. Let's talk about blood, gore, sex, and more blood and gore. I'm not sure if we'll get to much blood and gore in this episode, Aww. maybe in the next episode. Okay. Uh, we'll see. Right. We'll see. I think this episode right. is just called Nice Nice Guy Claudius. Oh, uh, because at the beginning of Claudius's reign, he uh, he, he well, went pretty good. Pre- went pretty yeah. well. Went off the rails eventually, but went went pretty good. Didn't we say that for Caligula? Yeah, right? we said that for Caligula. <laughs> we said that for Tiberius. They all start off well, um, but then you know something happens. <laughs> Uh, well, the, yeah. at the end anyway. of our last episode, we talked about how um, Claudius uh, sort of inherited all of the titles immediately. There wasn't this gradual accretion of the titles over years or decades like we had with Augustus right. and to a lesser extent with Tiberius. Claudius gets them all in one hit. And in fact, I found out that there is some surviving record on a bronze tablet of a law known mm-hmm. as the Lex de Imperio Vespasiani, nice. which basically translates as the law which confers imperial authority to Vespasian. Surviving text of the law contains eight clauses and a sanction bit like your uh, wedding vows right. is, is uh, the way I've heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning of the text uh, has disappeared, unfortunately. We don't have it, including the, the sort of preamble. So we're not really sure the, what the context of this was, but the text that does exist mm-hmm. begins by listing what Vespasian was lawfully allowed to do and states the precedence from earlier reigns for each of these rights. It says he may, A, make treaties like Augustus, Tiberius, and Claudius, hold a session of the Senate and propose motions to the Senate like Mm -hmm. Tiberius and Claudius, C, hold extraordinary sessions of the Senate and their decisions have the power of law, no precedent is cited for that, D, endorse candidates in elections, no precedent. And E, extend the pomerium like Tiberius. Then comes the sixth clause, which is Mm -hmm. fairly uh, disputed what this means. It's called the first discretionary clause. Gives him basically some sort of a a blanket authorization. It says, like Augustus, Tiberius and Claudius. What that means, people debate it. Basically says, and, and, you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want, generally speaking, because you're the emperor. You've got an army. It then goes on to say that the emperor is not bound by laws. uh, And is permitted, like Augustus, Tiberius, and Claudius, 
to do anything that was permitted by law of his predecessors. Hell so yeah. basically, he can he's beyond the law and he's permitted by law to do anything that his predecessors did. Well, it's kind of just a blank check. It right. also says um, that what he had done before the enactment of this law was also lawful and binding. <laughs> so anything that, anything that you did, you know, the rape, yeah. the pillage, the yeah. murder... That's all lawful and binding. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 And it's probably worth noting, and I think you mentioned this on a couple of episodes ago, but when this is is created, this is near the end of the year 69, when Vespasian's got his army in uh, Rome at the time, so he's quote-unquote negotiating with the Senate. So I'm not surprised it has. You can do all the things that the previous emperors did, and here's some new things. Basically, do what you want. But But it is interesting that this was established... Again, a lot of it's missing, but again, it's, it shows us that um, Calig- uh, Claudius, I have to keep my emperor straight, Claudius was pretty much given given a lot of powers all at once because of this this document that was probably created in the time of the of Gaius. So going, he, he, gets, he goes from right from being Cinderella, Caligula is killed, and now he's the emperor. The army claims him emperor first, then the Senate does, and boom, because of this law, he's got all the all the uh, powers that Augustus had to work years and manipulate and, and trick the uh, Senate. He gets it all in one go. I'm not sure Augustus had to trick the Senate. I well, think they I mean, were more than happy to uh, really? I, give him control. Yeah, I think they were bunch of lazy fucks who are just were like, listen, just don't kill us and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> the thing with this Vespasian law, though, right. scholars uh, sort of disagree whether or not the law was giving Vespasian power or setting the limits ah, of his power. Right. But there don't seem to be many limits here. It's basically, <laughs> listen, yeah. you can do whatever the fuck you like Congratulations, you've won the lottery. Uh, it's it's all smooth sailing from here, Chief. Right. Yeah. I was wondering if you looked up, I, I was wondering if you turned from historian to uh, to uh, Indiana Jones and you looked up anything about Cola di Rienzo who discovered and erected this bronze tablet in the church of uh, St. John Lateran. I was wondering if you did your normal deep dive uh, into that because that, that would have been a hell of a find for him, obviously getting his name into the history books. Rienzo was the guy in the mid-1300s who basically tried to take over uh, Rome and restore it to its former greatness <laughs> um, didn't Did, didn't end well didn't for him, right. but uh, yeah. yeah, didn't take. <laughs> yeah, but you know he was sort of dueling it out between the the popes and the various powerful factions and the kings who all want to control Rome. Of course, in the mid. 1300s, as we've explained on our Renaissance show, Rome was sort of still pretty shit. It yeah. had been in ruins for nearly a thousand years, and uh, you know the, the papacy wasn't really based there. There was you know the emperors weren't based there, so it was kind of um, you know I know when Petrarch got there in the 1300s for the first time, he was like, oh really? This is the this is the place that I've heard so many great things about. This is <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, some great old buildings, but uh, yeah. then they were all in disrepair. There's nothing going on. Mm. If, if I, 
Did you uh, did you want to say something about Rienzo's discovery of this document? No, but I did want to add on one more thing, um, which I think will help us because again, until they found this tablet, there was a lot of questions about, you know, how did how did the various emperors get the get the uh, power? Was it bit by bit? Was it was it the Senate? Did the Senate sit down, list all these things, and vote on it? Now we have a better idea. But uh, Professor Brunt of Cambridge University says, uh, he gives this assessment. He says, I shall argue that the document preserves part of the Senatus Consultum passed when Vespasian was first recognized at Rome in December of 69, that with one possible exception in the final clause, it is passed down, probably going back to 37 AD, but incorporating additional prerogatives conferred on Claudius. Claudius and emperors in between Claudius and Vespasian. So it looks like, and this goes back to what you and I uh, have been talking about, mostly you, because I don't want to believe it, but but it seems that it's true. The Senate, Senate has given up a long time ago, even to the point where they have this law that they're just ready to pass power over to whoever's sitting in the chair. I mean, to me, that's a very strong indication, the strongest indication that these guys are just like, hey, we've got an empty robe or an empty throne, and whoever we decide, we can just pass this law, and boom, you have all the power. If that's not giving up, I don't know what is. Mm. Well, you know, I think they, um, I think they gave up at various points. But as we will see over the next couple of episodes uh, during the early during uh, of the reign of mm-hmm. Claudius, the, some of them tried to restore the oh, republic yes. and take back the power. They weren't all complete pussies uh, through the whole period. Right. Um, but sticking sticking with the Vespasian law, the Lex de Imperio Vespasiani, uh, did you look at photos of it? Uh, one quick one, but but not much. Um, is it is it impressive? Is it in good shape? I don't even really remember. I was just copying and pasting from Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> it's uh, in good shape. It's it's still preserved in the. Uh, Hall of the Fawn in the Palazzo Nuovo of the Capitoline Museum in Rome, cast right. in bronze, 164 centimetres by 113 centimetres. Um, some of it is missing, as I said before, so there's probably another bronze plaque that was supposed to go with it, which has not been discovered, unfortunately. Right. So what we have is basically page two of uh, a ah, two-page right. uh well, big big brass plates that were installed somewhere in ancient Rome. So everyone, anyone who who could a read and b was interested in how much power Vespasian actually had and by what right, there you go. could go read it. So if we find the first page, does that mean we get all the power? How does that work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like that Green and ring? the uh, spear of Longinus. <laughs> Well, yes, and the spear of Longinus. You get all just the power. Wondering, just wondering. Mm. Apparently, the discovery of it's quite interesting. Um, there are no records of this before the 14th century, but at that time, the plaque wow. was in the Archbasilica of St. John's in the Lateran, mm-hmm. and Cola de Rienzo, who was a tribune of Rome at the time, sort of misunderstood it to be an example of the strength of the Roman Senate and the people conferring power upon the emperor. These days it tends to be seen as, well, he's just just got those powers. 
Yeah. Um, the, it's actually a sign of the weakness of the Senate, if anything, not really the strength. Right. There's, there is a letter written in 1350 to the Archbishop of Prague where Kola tells the Archbishop how he had found the plaque set in the wall, or and I think he'd had the plaque set in the wall of the Lateran Basilica. Mm-hmm. According to this letter, Pope Boniface VIII had previously, he had the plaque, but he had it turned upside down in order to hide what was written on it and had used it as the top of an altar. Wow. So basically, I guess, as a a way of saying, you know, you think your emperors were that powerful? Look at this. I'm turning it upside down and I'm, uh, you know, using it for the work of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Symbolic. Uh, blessed be his name. Right. Symbolic, yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1576, Pope Gregory Thirteenth donated it. It was then called the Tabula Antiquae Sanctionis. Sure. Um, donated it to be placed at the Capitol, first displayed in the Palazzo di Conservatori in 1733, Pope Clement XII moved it to its present location. So it's an amazing thing to have. Right. Big bronze tablet talking about all the powers that Vespasian and the emperors before him had. But as we said, good old Claudius, we would assume, uh, just gets all of these powers straight out the gate. Boom. But one thing he didn't accept at the beginning, a bit like Tiberius, he refused to accept the title of father of the country. Um, yeah, a little showy. He did accept the title of Augustus, right? But not the Pater Patriae, not yet. Anyway, year later he does under certain circumstances. But right at the beginning, he goes, "No, look, I haven't fathered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I fathered children. One of right. them died choking on a peach. Um, so really, you don't want me to be the father of anything. I mean, I can't right. even yeah. teach my children not to, <laughs> you know, die choking on shit. Right. Stupid so, games. Let me earn it first. Yeah. But if you remember a couple of episodes back, uh, we were making the point, and I just think it's worth making again, that if we remember how it went down when when Caligula was killed, the troops um, make Claudius the emperor for a whole day before the Senate confirms it. Not unlike when Macro and his troops, who were with Tiberius at the time, hail um, Gaius, either imperator or emperor or whatever, and, and that was even before they get to Rome. So the so the question is, and it's not really much of a question, who's got the power in Rome? It's the guys with the swords, because this is twice now that this happened. It was a little more blatant with uh, Claudius, but these guys, I think they're getting a sense of, of how powerful at least the, the uh, uh, Praetorian guards really are. Yeah, but, I mean, technically, the troops declaring you imperator doesn't give you absolute political power. It does, no. They're not actually conferring what we think of as an emperor's power upon you. It just means they're declaring you as their leader. No, I get that. I get that. But if, if they declare me the imperator and then we all march together or whatever, we're in Rome and the Senate's right there and the Senate doesn't have a big enough army to uh, dissuade us from moving forward, isn't it de facto them deciding who the emperor is? I mean, I get what you're saying. It's not legally binding. But if the senators, senators don't want to end up dead, it better become legally binding real quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely. 
So, um, Claudius also accepted the next available consulship, which would be the next year in 42. He also became the Pontifex Maximus. It's one of my old jobs. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that was something that Augustus and Tiberius had both taken much later in their reigns. Right. I remember Augustus waited until uh, Lepidus was yes. dead, I think. Long because time. the original triumvirate Lepidus before he took that over. But Claudius marks the beginning, I think, of the true emperorship, imperator. Like in terms of Roman emperors, I think it's easy to make the claim that Claudius is actually the first true Roman emperor Mm -hmm. because he takes the throne by force or the threat of it anyway. the, The Senate willingly gave the titles and the powers uh, to Augustus. I mean, there was, I guess, an implicit threat there after the Civil War because he had a big army, but he, he didn't need to use it. I think they were looking for someone to take command. Yeah. They gave the titles, the powers to Augustus over time. They gave the powers to Tiberius. They gave the powers to Caligula. But with Claudius, the Senate doesn't want to give him the powers initially. He has to take it by using the threat of Force, and so I think yeah. he is really the first of the the true em- emperors uh, in terms of you know I, I guess uh, well depending on how you want to cut it down but moving from the princeps to the emperor mm-hmm. um, the chosen as the leader versus taking power by force surprisingly because we don't think of Caligula I think it we don't Claudius is like the Jimmy Carter. <laughs> He's like, he's the guy that yeah. you know you don't really think of. Yeah. You, you kind of forget when you're rattling off the list. Or him or the he's the Gerald Ford or or the Jimmy Carter yeah. of presidents. Like he's not a Nixon. He's not a Reagan. Right. He's not a Trump. Yeah. He's just Hello. he's this guy that you know. Yes, he oh, had God, the job for a few years, but really, right. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But in in in, in actual fact, uh, you know, major precedent there. Now, he didn't use the title of Imperator as a praenomen, though. Right. Like Thibaut uh, Cal- and Cali didn't use it either. Right. Augustus did early on in his career and then he stopped it. That didn't become the standard praenomen until, well, Otho, I think, and then Vespasian after that. So, um, you know, after the Julio-Claudians, it's when they start using that as the main title. So... Even though he probably is, I think, the first real emperor, he doesn't even use that as a title. Let me get your opinion on something real quick, because I think Claudius has been around for a long time. He's 50 years old. He's seen a lot of things. He's researched history. And I think he's trying to put his best foot forward, whereas Caligula, at some point, I don't think cared anymore. But I think Caligula goes, excuse me, I think Claudius goes, you know what? No, I can't take this. I haven't been in battles. No one's going to look at me as a martial figure. So why push, why stretch the bounds of credulity? So let me take what I 
think I can get away with, and the rest maybe can come later. I think, and, and I'm really starting to change my mind about Claudius, I think he's been plotting and scheming for a very long time. Like, hey, you know what, if I ever make it to the top, I think he's been giving this a good think, and I think he's trying to work very hard to put the right foot forward in every little occasion until he can be really cemented into the position. And I think this is another thing by not taking that name slash title, because people might laugh, and that's the last thing that he needs right now. But he does take the title. Of Imperator. He just doesn't use it, but he takes it. Oh, I thought he took it after Britain. Well, not according to what I read. I mean, they, I mean, they're actually, I read a couple of different things. Like, uh, they declared him Imperator at the beginning. There's, there's. Was it voted Caesar or is that come later? Um, he took the name Caesar. Yeah. I think he was voted that by the Senate straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's the first guy that didn't get it by adoption. Augustus, Tiberius, and Caligula all got the title Caesar through genuine adoption. Right, legal. Um, he gets it as almost a title. Right. I think Caesar would have been pleased with that, knowing that his name is going to go out throughout history and be a title. I think that would have stroked his ego quite nicely. Mm, do you think that'll happen with us? Do you think... Future podcasters will be known as the Cameron and the Ray. Yes, but it won't be. They're like, they'll it, be saying they're like the Cameron Ray of whatever podcast. But it won't be know. propitious. It'd be a slight. And I'm okay with that too. I really am. <laughs> yeah. If you have two people and one works really hard and the other one mm. just hangs on, doesn't know what the fuck's going on, mm. that would be more an mm. apt, apt description. Mm. Oh, you mm. two are such a Cam and Ray. Come on, mm-hmm. come on. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Mm. But we're still mm. in the history books, mm. so it's all mm. good. Or mm, if one is tall and the other short, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it could be yeah. that. One claims to be a good lover. One admits that he's not a good lover. You know, there's a lot of different categories this could work in. Could work in all sorts yeah. of areas. Yeah, all sorts of areas. Um, <laughs> now, Seneca the Younger who we will talk about a bit uh, in the Claudius series because he's sort of prominent during this period. After Claudius died anyway, he wrote a satire about it called the Apocalyptosis. Mm. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, And it actually disputes Claudius's claim to the name of Caesar. But according to some of the books that I read, it was an unusual for a branch of a prominent Roman family with a very prestigious cognomen to sort of adopt it. They take on the name to revive the name when the family tree had died out, as the Caesar name really had. I mean, it never really survived Julius. Uh, You know, in actual fact, he didn't have any blood heirs. Augustus was adopted. Thibault was adopted. Caligula was adopted. Um, And Claudius, you know, wanted to maybe wanted to keep it going. I mean, I'm sure he liked the power connections to it. Oh, yes. The the connections of the lineage, but also, you know, wanted to keep it out there. So um, there was a rumor, though, going around and perhaps created by Claudius that his father, Drusus, was the actual child of Augustus, which would make him a real member of the Julii clan by the adoption of his real father, 
He's like, well, I'm actually Augustus's right. child. Um, cause, because if you remember, yeah. as I'm sure you do, because you've you've got one of those memories that's like a steel oh, trap. Locked in there. Nothing gets oh, nothing gets through it. No. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Steve. Like like the steel yeah. like the steel trap on your wife's <laughs> vagina um, that you tried to put there to prevent D'Angelo getting in. Anyway. Um, so far it hasn't worked. When Augustus hooked up with Livia. Right. Uh, as I said, I think in an earlier episode. Drusus was born three months later. And after they got married, I think Drusus was born three months later. And so, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, some of the rumours going around at some point were that he knocked her up uh, and she had the kid right. or was Drusus the son of her first husband, Tiberius Claudius Nero, Ooh, I think. Right. Um, but anyway, so... Someone, maybe Claudius, is going, well, no, actually, Drusus was Augustus's kid. And remember that Drusus was the uh, sort of the favourite. He was Augustus's favourite, which is why he was so upset when Drusus died and Thibaut had to get the power in the end. So maybe there there is some veracity to that. Um, When uh, when the History Channel finally appoint us uh, with an unlimited budget to do documentaries, I think we should... Dig up the uh, remains test. of Drusus and Augustus yeah. DNA tested. Yeah, I hope none uh, of my I'm sure, that, I'm sure that won't be too hard. I to hope do. No, right. I hope none of my semen spill in there, and then they think I'm the father. It, it would just get really complicated. But yeah, I can't wait for those days. So he might really be the legit son, or excuse me, descendant of Augustus. I mean, that would be really convenient for him and the other part is it's been so long i think he can get away with saying that with a straight face and most people would just be too old to really remember who in the hell slept with who or what was possible and what wasn't possible so again not a bad little line for him to throw out there although i mean if if augustus and livia believed that drusus was augustus's child right wouldn't they have just said that? Like, yeah. it's not like Augustus needed to hide anything. Hide yeah. his paternity. And go, yeah, yeah, no, really? he's he's mine. Yeah, I banged yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hit that earlier. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Her, her husband, you know, didn't do it for her. I I, I snuck yeah, in there. I snuck one in. I don't know. Maybe it would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slipped one past the goalkeeper there. Um, but but maybe for a sense of I mean maybe that would have been considered right right yeah maybe 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 years later they could have admitted it but they never did so who knows but but see it's it's this very wiggle room that we're talking about right now that allows uh, Claudius to make this statement and just kind of put it out there let it float out there like a trial balloon oh yeah you know I actually might be you know, if you if you listen to some of the rumors and gossip, I might actually be a direct descendant of Augustus. I'm just I'm just putting that out there, like Larry David would. I'm just saying. So it wasn't until later, uh, again under Vespasian, when Caesar became part of the forename with Imperator of every emperor's name, more more of a title, uh, of course, than a name. But um, you know, we start to see the beginnings again of that with Claudius. 
not a Caesar by adoption, just sort of takes it as a you know quasi title, quasi name. Yeah, and that starts the trend where later it becomes really a title. Right. So later on during the Tetrarchy, Augustus, as we know, became the title of the senior emperors, while Caesar was the title of the junior emperors mm-hmm. in waiting. And I've I've always had a problem with that. Yes. Well, I've always thought it should be the other yes. way around, don't you think? Yeah, so I wonder why that was chosen that way. Were they honoring Augustus? Was it because he was more recent? Because they saw him as someone who had created the princeps, uh, the principate in the first place, the way that they know it. Uh, may, I, I, I wonder why they thought so much more of Augustus than Caesar when clearly Caesar changed the world. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, anyway... Claudius obviously felt early on that he needed to shore up his claim to the throne. Part of that was taking the name Caesar. Right. But he immediately did other things as well. He created memorial services and birthday celebrations for his parents and his grandmother, Livia, strengthening, making sure that everyone remembers who he is and where he comes from. He conferred the title of Augusta on his mother, something that Caligula mm-hmm. had also offered her just before her death. And Livia also was given a state cult. She was deified nice. in 42, which was the anniversary of the day she had married Augustus on the 17th of January in 42. Um, so she's a god now. Thank Livia, not just Julius, Livia. not just Augustus. Right. But Livia is a god. She had a statue that was placed in the temple of Augustus. There were circus games held in her honor, a carriage drawn by elephants, which carried her image. Damn. And. Yes. And. Right. Here's a biggie. Despite his admiration for Cicero, Claudius also rehabilitated the uh, memory of one of his other ancestors, this guy. (laughs) Galloping (laughs) cockwomble. Well, I mean, it's a direct blood descendant. Uh, It's self-serving for him to do that. And again, time has passed by. Mark Antony might have been, um, to some people, a traitor, but he was a true Roman. And I think think this is going to be easier for Claudius to to do than we might assume that it is. Because, uh, yeah, he, he was just, you know, he did a lot of amazing things with Caesar. And I think it would be relatively easy to, um, to bring him back no, into didn't. the Roman fold. No, he didn't. He didn't do it. He's going to get credit. He's going to get credit. Yeah, go he ahead. turns up in the histories like five minutes before Caesar's dead. He's, he's like, oh, yeah, there's this guy. There's this guy, Mark Antony, too. He did something. He had, yeah, a cavalry division. Yeah, whatever. He, he had a you chariot know? pulled with lions. He was banging people. He's throwing up during the Senate meetings. He bangs Cleopatra. He gives her twins. He gets his ass kicked. That was later. That yeah. was after Caesar was dead. Yeah. He snuck in there. Yeah. And, and, but he's still, yeah, he was but, still a big guy on the stage, is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
When Claudius introduced his father's, Drusus's birthday games in 41, <clears throat> he said, according to Suetonius, that the date was all the more special to him because it was also Mark Antony's birthday. And people went, <gasps> Damnato Memoriae! And he goes, Ah, Damnato <laughs> your Memoriae. Uh, Shmanato yeah. your Damnato. I'm bringing uh, it back, we're bringing bitch. him back. Yeah. The smarter yeah. kid. I'm bringing yeah. it back. <laughs> bringing Mark Antony back. So <laughs> that is what, that's the only reason we've even heard of Mark Antony today. If it wasn't for Claudius, we would still never know who Mark Antony was because uh, it, it was, he was Damnatio Memorae. Not allowed to mention his name. Struck yeah. from the records like George. W. Bush's cocaine charge <laughs> when he was at Yale. But it doesn't matter now because he's bringing it back. It's a relative of his. It's self-serving. Again, he's just he's just giving people reasons not to doubt the fact that he should be on the throne. Mm. Now, another thing he did early on was to recall from exile Caligula's sisters. But he made sure he got permission from the Senate first. Good move. Now... The question here is, does this suggest that he didn't believe they were involved in treason or that he was supportive of their treason or (laughs) that he just didn't care whether they were guilty of it or not? Their family, uh, family's important. He doesn't have much family. Uh, Yeah. Or he's... sees himself as not being threatened by them because they were going after their brother. The chances of them um, leading a revolt against him seems less likely than against their brother because their, their brother was very unpopular in the Senate. Or if they are the sisters of the former emperor, would it be to his advantage to bring them back, um, clean up their reputation, and then maybe marry one of them to strengthen his hold on the throne, or does he even need that? Uh, sex with your uh, cousins. Hey, it's the best kind. Oh yeah, keep it hey, the family. Vir- yeah. Virginia style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I can see where you're going there. Yeah. Well, you know, based on some of the stuff we talked about, I think in the last episode that suggests that Claudius may have been involved in, or at least well aware of the uh, conspiracy that led to the assassination of Caligula. Maybe he was even involved in the earlier conspiracy where the sisters, when the sisters, you know, were sent into exile in the first place. Right. Uh, The one that involved uh, Lepidus, the bum boy, and uh, the the general in Germany whose name I can't even remember um, because it was hard enough to, to... uh, articulate at the time, I think. So maybe he, maybe he's, uh, uh, you know, a comrade of theirs in the conspiracy yes. stakes. We don't know. As we'll see, it didn't really turn out very well for them, no. uh, or at least for one of them. But um, he he brings them back anyway. He also finishes the Arch of Tiberius, which had been left unfinished, and he also refused to allow the death of Caligula to be celebrated. He did annul all of Caligula's acts. Right. But people were like, let's celebrate. Let's have a party. He's dead. The witch is dead. Ding dong. And he was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. That's not cool, kids. Right. He was still, he was my fam. 
He was my fam and he made me consul. Yeah. Quite so, honestly. Like when everyone else had ignored me for decades, right. he made me consul. Um, did I conspire to have him assassinated? Yes. But <laughs> we don't have to piss on his we don't have to piss on his right. grave. Bad let's, form. Let's have some dignity. Bad form. Show some respect. Right. But here again, this is self-serving. He doesn't want the Senate getting used to thinking that they can um piss on the emperor because he's now the emperor. So by protecting the whatever you want to call it of Caligula, the, the not the respectability, but at least the, the maybe the office, he's also passively aggressively protecting himself. Again, I think it's self-serving, but I think he's really just trying to get everybody to move along. Okay, Caligula's dead. Claudius is now in the chair. Let's just all move on and get on with our lives and not obsess about what was. Let's think about tomorrow and not yesterday. So again, I think it all just is best for him, so why not do it? Gray and lonely, I just stick up my chin and grin and say, oh, the sun will come out <laughs> tomorrow, so you gotta hang on to tomorrow. Nice. You're always a gay always, <laughs> what it sounds like when she sings that. Um, yeah. Maybe I just think that when you're on the show. Yeah. Um, so, Suetonius, uh, I've got a lot. I've got to warn you, Ray. I've got a lot of uh, stuff from Suetonius and Cassius Dio that I want to read. Um, we can discuss it, but about a lot of... Claudius's early acts, because I think this puts uh, his his reign into context. All right. With your permission, Ray, may I read lengthy sections from uh, these histories? Proceed. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I uh, want to thank the court <laughs> for uh, showing mercy on me in, in this time. Right. Um, so Tonius uh, sort of talks about how he he was very careful early on to present himself as being moderate. He says, "Called it." He he obtained. Sorry, go ahead. He obtained from the members as a favour the privilege of bringing into the house with him the prefect of the Praetorian Guard, and the tribunes of the soldiers, and the ratification of the judicial acts of his agents in the provinces. So let's uh, pause there. He got permission to bring soldiers (laughs) into the Senate room with him. Um, <laughs> Were the soldiers with him when he What asked? do you make of that? I think he rocked up to the Senate yeah, with probably. the soldiers already behind him said, hey, can I bring these guys in? But it's okay if you say no. They won't get their feelings hurt. I don't know why their swords are already halfway drawn. But again, I'm asking respectfully. Yeah. yeah. He asked the consuls for permission to hold fairs on his private estates. He often appeared as one of the advisors at cases tried before the magistrates. And when they gave games, he also arose with the rest of the audience and showed his respect by acclamations and applause. So he's, he's just one of the people, yeah. right? Yeah, he um, asks permission to have parties. Right. I'm um, human too. He stands up. He yeah. sits down. Yeah. I, yeah I, he, I, he, he, he yeah. sits in on legal cases with other guys and goes, oh, well, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I've just I've got an I've just got one I one opinion. I'm just one right. one guy. Like, tell me yeah. what you think. 
So he's, first among he's, he's Mr. There's no I in princeps. <laughs> oh, fuck, there is. <laughs> Shit. Well, what? Emperor. Imperial. No, there's one in Imperial too. There's no I in Imperial. Oh fuck! There's one in yeah. there too. Well, listen. Okay. Let's forget. Let's let. No I in team. There you go. There's no I in team. He said that'll do. Like, okay. Yeah. If you kept going long enough, you'd find you'd a find word, one, I guess. Right. Well, there's no I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. When the tribunes of the commons appeared before him as he sat upon the tribunal, he apologised to them because of lack of room. He could not hear them unless they stood up. Mm, I'm an old guy. Could you please speak up? And I'm going to need some more chairs for my soldiers. That's what I heard. Yeah, but I'm... (laughs) By such conduct, he won so much love and devotion in a short time that when it was reported that he had been waylaid and killed on a journey to Ostia, the people were horror-stricken and with dreadful execrations continued to assail the soldiers as traitors and the senators murderers until finally one or two men and later several were brought forward upon the rostra by the magistrates and assured the people that it was all fake news that the explosion in Beirut wasn't right. an attack. No. It was really just some ammonium nitrate that was unsafely stored and exploded. Sure. Uh, sure. And don't listen to anything that Trump says because he's just making shit up as he goes <laughs> along and that Claudius was also safe and on his way to the city. Thank Christ. Well, yes, and he's around uh, now too. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. dead. Uh, oh, fuck. Technically, God. but zero uh, he's back. Three. Spirit. Spiritually. Spirit Jesus is right. walking, still walking around, according but to don't tell some anybody. of the Gospels. I'm, I'm alive. Some of the Gospels right. say he stuck around for 10 years. Uh, what? Just hanging with the dudes. 10 years. Straight. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Eric. 10 years he was like need, yeah. with the brothers. <laughs> what do you do with a ghost Jesus? Like, ghost Jesus would be fun for a couple of days. And then, you know, yeah. you can. Could you move on? Pranks. He, he, he can yeah. turn invisible and go into the girls' dorms and steal right. their panties. That's right. He can, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've already got 10 you know, of when, panties. When you're at the, so, yeah. When you're at the bar and you order a bunch of beer, and the bar, he goes, Who's going to be out there? And says, Who's paying for that? You go, oh, He is, Jesus. Then Jesus right. turns invisible and walks through walls and gets out of there. And they, and they go, Well, hey, listen. You Good know, stuff. Yeah, he was supposed to. He said he was going to pay. You can't change. It was a lot of fun, a lot of hoots, a lot of good times. But then, you know, after I reckon about a month of Ghost Jesus, you're like, yeah, you're looking at your watch going, so uh, don't you have anything better to do, Ghost Jesus? Like, really? We can't just. We've got lo- we've got lives. We've got wives and children and jobs. We have to go back to. Don't we? We can't just hang out with you all the time, man. He's like, well. Fuck me, I'm a ghost. What am I going to do? Like, if you guys can't hey. with me, what? Well, I yeah. can't pick anything up. I can't read a book. I can't uh, play badminton. No. I can't go bowling <laughs> like game. Tommy G. Right. Yeah, what am I going to do? Like, I'm a fucking ghost. Yeah. I can't. There's no. There's nothing. Like, I know that Doubting Thomas, who's also my identical twin, sure. stuck a finger in one of my holes because he didn't really believe it was really me. Messy. I don't know how he did that because I'm a ghost, right. but I'm also flesh and blood. Hey. How that works? Don't ask me how that works. I'm not a fucking physicist. Right. I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm an itinerant. Yeah. I'm an itinerant preacher. Carpenter. I don't understand how yeah. these things work. 
What the fuck are you asking me for? <laughs> yes, I may be God, but that doesn't mean yeah. I've read all the books. I don't have to read the books. <laughs> What's the point of being God? My dad's God. If you have so to read books. Yeah, I don't want to read them. I don't really want to yeah. do any work. So, but so ten years go by, and then one guy turns to the other and goes, "Hey, let's go out bowling tonight and not invite Jesus." But it turns out that he was there. He was invisible. He heard them trying to plan something without him. His feelings were hurt, and finally, he ascends into heaven with hurt feelings. Actually, what happened is after about ten years, <laughs> after about ten years. Uh, <laughs> After about ten years, they um, they uh, went looking for him one day, and they couldn't find him. No, All they saw crying. was him. Somebody saw him walking away in the distance with this music. This music at the beach. Playing. He's on the beach. <laughs> this music. Just Jesus, yeah, Jesus moping. with a rucksack over his shoulder, <laughs> walking, moping. walking away yeah, into down. the sunset. Kicking I a mean, pebble. there will be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just lucky. Yeah. They're just lucky he didn't turn into the Hulk while he yeah. was still there, man. You don't, oh, you don't want to make Jesus angry. No, don't make me angry. Don't make you me wouldn't ang- like me when I'm angry. Jesus used to say, "Don't make me angry, my son." Because <laughs> when he, because he would turn into the Hulk, and his his robes would all tear, and they'd be like, "You've got purple we'll pants on them under the robes. Why? Where did you get those cool purple pants from?" And he goes, oh, it's don't worry, it's a purple thing. Emperor what? purple. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a king. What, Just what ingredients do you use to make purple? Right, right. It's a shell. Um. According to uh, Josephus, uh, Claudius also gave King Agrippa rule over all the lands of Herod and issued a proclamation that the Jews should be allowed to retain their ancient customs without harassment. So, um, yay for the Jews, I guess. Yeah. 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 Good guy Claudius loves, loves the Jews. He's like, oh, King Agrippa, he's a good guy. He convinced me. To become emperor, really. So give him everything he wants. Leave him alone. Yeah. He's my man. Okay, let me let me move on to Cassius. Cassius Dio, by the way, if if uh, if kids out there want to read uh, like the oldest sources that we have, Cassius Dio writing uh, second century, so a little bit removed from events. Suetonius and Josephus are closest, but Cassius Dio is really the fullest record that we have. Tacitus doesn't pick up until, I think, year seven of Claudius's reign. Mm. So for the early stuff, you really want to go to your Cassius Dio and his four, excuse me, 400 book history on Rome. Wow. Uh, I think book 60, if the kids are looking for it, book 60 is where he picks up with Claudius. <clears throat> and he goes into a, a lot of detail. He says that um, of the persons in prison, and a very large number were thus confined, he liberated those who had been put there for maestas and similar charges, but punished those who were guilty of actual wrongdoing. For he investigated all the cases very carefully in order that those who had committed crimes should not be released along with those who had been falsely accused, nor the latter, on the other hand, perish along with the former. 
Almost every day, either in company of the whole Senate or alone, he would sit on a tribunal trying cases, usually in the forum, but sometimes elsewhere, for he renewed the practice of having advisers sit with him, a practice that had been abandoned from the time that Tiberius withdrew to his island. So, uh, you know, he cares about justice. He cares about being involved, trying the cases, but also having, you know, advisors sit there with him to guide him through. So seems like a very reasonable thing to do. Well, look, there's there's innocent people in the jails. Let's figure out who's innocent, who's guilty, sort the weed from the chaff, get them out. He also frequently joined the consuls and the praetors, especially those who had oversight of the finances in their investigations, and very few indeed were the cases that he turned over to other courts. He destroyed the poisons which were found in abundance in the residence of Gaius, a.k.a. Caligula, and the books of Protogenes, who was put to death. Remember, he was uh, one of the uh, sort of... uh, (laughs) Why do you want to kill Protogenes? Wasn't he the guy that was carrying around the book, a list of names of everybody that should die or if something goes wrong, who Caligula was already gunning for? What was the name of the book? Was it Sword sword and Penis? Something I can't remember. Or, But the point is, this guy's walking around, you know, he, he was a power behind Caligula who was tormenting this, some of the senators. I'm sure they were very happy when he was executed. Well, he also, uh, Claudius, this is, had the papers burned, which Gaius pretended he had burned. No. Are you tricking me again? Remember all of this? Yeah. Yeah. But here's what he did. He first showed to the senators and then gave them to the very men they most concern, (gasps) but those who had written them and those against whom they had been written to be read by them after which he burned them up. He's like, here, look, have a look what was in this. Just right. know I could have your yeah, guts for I garters know. here, but uh, right. here, watch me. Look, actual fire. Yeah. You Look, I'm actually <laughs> putting this in the fire. No photocopies, no microfilm, right. no yeah. digital scans, burning them actually up because I'm good guy Claudius, GGC. Right. That's well, that's- my, that's, I've got that on... <laughs> A tat, it's on a gold ring, just the GGC <laughs> in the DB. Name. Yeah. Now, that's like showing yeah. me my browser history and then just going, Ray, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then hitting, hitting, delete, I could show this to history. Heather. I could yeah, show this yeah, to yeah, Heather yeah, yeah. and your daughters. Right. Yeah. Really? But I'm not going to. That's. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to. Good guy. Burn it up. Good guy. So you, just right. so you know, you can trust me. And yet, when the Senate desired to dishonour Gaius, he personally prevented the passage of the measure, but on his own responsibility caused all of his predecessors' images to disappear by night. Nice. So, uh, bye-bye all all the Caligula (laughs) statues. Hence, the name of Gaius does not occur in the list of emperors whom we mention in our oaths and prayers any more than does that of Tiberius, and yet neither one of them suffered disgrace by official decree. So uh, interesting that Tiberius and uh, Gaius didn't make it into the official odes and prayers by Cassius Dio's time. I still think he's taking the path of least resistance. Let me let me do some stuff that looks just to see. Let the Senate know that I'm on the side. Let me include them, which they haven't really been included for a long time. He is putting every foot right 
and and he's not just doing it because he's a good guy. He's obviously worried about his own his own life because an emperor was just recently killed. I think he's just being a very prudent ruler who doesn't want to go the same way that Caligula did. Hmm. Well, yes, possibly, or he's just uh, trying to do it right. Like he's a man. He's he's a historian. He's an academic. He's an intellectual. Um, maybe he is saying, "Well, look, you know, we, we can." We can be the enlightened. I can be the enlightened despot, the enlightened right. emperor, the mm. enlightened princeps. I can just, uh, you don't that. have to be batshit crazy to have this right. job. <laughs> it helps, but you don't have to. Like the post office. Let me continue with Dio. But though he paid such reverence to his ancestors, he would accept nothing for himself beyond the titles belonging to his office. It is true that on the first day of August, which was his birthday, mm-hmm. hey, that was only a couple of days ago. We're recording this on the 7th of August. So uh, happy birthday, Claudius. <coughs> belated birthday for uh, last week. Right. Um, there were equestrian contests, but they were not given on his account. It was rather because the Temple of Mars had been dedicated on that day, and this event had been celebrated thereafter by annual contests. Besides his moderation in this respect, he further forbade anyone to worship him or to offer him any sacrifice. He checked the many excessive acclamations accorded him, and he accepted at first only one image, and that a silver one, I mean, in, 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 in a, as opposed to a gold one. Right. And two right. statues of bronze and marble that had been voted to him. All such expenditures, he declared, were useless and furthermore caused great loss and embarrassment to the city. Wow. So, um... Good guy. You know, look. Good, good guy. Yeah, good guy Claudius. Don't, <laughs> don't... No statues. It's a waste of money. I don't need statues. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Stop doing it. Stop with the statue business, all sure. right? And don't rock up and give me money. Just, if you want to thank me, right. just Big suck my dick. That's, you, it doesn't cost, cost, <laughs> doesn't cost anything. Um, you know, just Monica, give me a Monica. Give right. me a Monica Lewinsky. That's what Bill Clinton did. Look, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. You're already on the payroll. Just uh, yeah. drop down and... Um, I'll tell you what. I'll put you, you down know, for next Tuesday. All right? Next Tuesday... 10 yeah. of the third hour, whatever, I don't know, and I'll see you then. Or on the top of your head, yeah. anyway. Yeah. 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 And the big, boofy hairdo. Um, <laughs> I like that because it's, it's padding. It's padding for my right. elbows when I'm just leaning yeah. on your head. Put a plate yeah, I like a big, boofy hairdo. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 Croissant, some muffins. Uh, he liked a platter, Bill Clinton, when he was yeah. getting his dick sucked. Yeah. Big platter yeah. on Monica's <laughs> buffy hairdo. Uh, some imperatives, a uh, little espresso, what? maybe some what schnapps. He never knew. That was the thing it. with. A th- yeah. It's the thing with Bill Clinton. Like, he, he never really knew what he was going to feel like snacking yeah. on when he was getting his dick sucked. So, you know, he would have Monica bring in a, a big platter full of baked goods, <laughs> some savory, some sweet, a few different kinds yeah. of drinks, and he would just sit it on top of her head. And a cigar. That's why there was cigar. There was always a cigar there. Um, right. You know, never know. I. I honestly thought you were going to say he never knew when he was going to get blown. Look, I'm going to hit on everybody today. 
Someone might say yes. So um, clean underwear, you know, shave, shower, be respectful, that kind of stuff. Hopefully they got poofy hair, but uh, you just never know when it's going to happen. And hopefully Hillary doesn't walk in. I mean, a, a very, a very on edge kind of lifestyle that he led. Good for him. Well, he had the Secret Service keeping Hillary out, of course. That's, That's what's true. the point of being president <laughs> if you can't keep, get the Secret Service to keep your wife out when you're but getting a blowjob in, in the Oval Office from, a, That's true. from an intern. So the reason I want the job. Uh, let me continue with Dyer because we're running out of time. In all this, then, his course was satisfactory. Furthermore, when in the Senate, the consuls once came down from their seats to talk with him, he rose in his turn and went to meet them. Oh, so uh, good guy. You know, hey, yeah. hey, no, I'll yeah, meet you no, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't, no, don't, stop there. Let me you come stay. to you. Let me come to you. I'll oh, come look, to you. Don't worry about my physical deformities. Right. It's okay. I'm limping. Um, don't worry about it. And for the matter, in Neapolis, he lived altogether like an ordinary citizen, for both he and his associates adopted the Greek manner of life in all respects. I think that, huh. that's code for ass fucking right, Wearing a cloak you. and uh, high boots, for example, at the musical exhibitions and a purple mantle and golden crown at the gymnastic contests. Moreover, his attitude toward money was remarkable, for he forbade anyone to bring him contributions, as had been the practice under Augustus and Gaius, and ordered that no one who had any relatives at all should name him as the heir. Wow. He furthermore gave back the sums that had previously been confiscated under Tiberius and Gaius, either to the victims themselves if they still survived or otherwise to their children. Wow. I mean, it doesn't get any better He's than this guy. He's nailing it. He's the man. Yeah. <clears throat> nailing it. Yeah. Fucking all, yeah. That's, wow. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. I got to say, that's pretty good. He restored to the various cities the statues which Gaius had ordered them to send to Rome, and he also restored to Castor and Pollux their temple and placed Pompey's name once more upon his theatre. On the stage oh. of the latter, he inscribed also the name of Tiberius because that emperor had rebuilt the structure after it had been burned. His own name also he carved on the stage, not because he had built it, but because he had dedicated it, but on no other building. So he didn't need to put his name on buildings. Mr. Uh, listen. Mr. Humble. You know, if I do something, I'll put my name on right. it. If I didn't do it, yeah. I'm not going to put my name on it. I don't, I don't need it. No. Don't need the press. <laughs> Furthermore, he did not wear the triumphal dress throughout the entire festival, though permission to do so had been voted, yeah. but appeared in it merely when offering the sacrifice. The rest of the festival he superintended clad in the purple-bordered toga. Man of simple appearance. Don't worry about it. Don't need to look Nailed flashy. Uh, yeah. Don't need to stand out too much. Got a little bit of, little bit yeah. of purple on the toga. That's all I need. Right. You know, you know what it means. You know who I am. I don't need, uh, yeah. don't need all the pomp and circumstance. Really, honestly, just uh, suck my dick. That's that was yep. just suck my dick. Claudius was what I, he was known as. That's, I think he ended <laughs> each day. Besides that, obviously obsession with oral sex. I think he ended each day looking into the mirror, going, "Did I give anybody reason to kill me today? No. Good day. Now blow me, and I'm going to sleep." <laughs> That's how I think he ended every day. All right, that's it. Uh, just suck my dick, Caesar. Uh, that's where we uh, will finish it. I think uh, uh, we don't want to 
Get too far ahead. Got more Cassie's Dio, early things that he did to do next episode, but we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now. Kids, stay safe. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess we'll finish with this. white as snow because <laughs> she had it bleached the Mary or the lamb I'm confused both uh, two for one two for one sale that day it was a memorable day my friend uh, my advice is get the sheep bleached first and then your ass because you don't want to hang out afterwards you just want to go home and put your feet up good, good bleaching anyway it's been my experience <laughs>